0: Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tammanini. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with not one, but two of my absolute favorite people in the business, Samantha Pauly and Andrew Kober. Both Sam and Andrew will be a part of a concert happening on Sunday, February 6th at 9.30 p.m. at the Green Room 42. The concert will feature a great group of performers who have previously been involved with the pandemic-era online reading series, appropriately called... The Reading Series. Sam and Andrew will be joined by Janine DeVita, Nick Gasworth, Christine Dwyer, and Tally Sessions. In these two separate conversations, I talked to Sam and Andrew about how they kept busy and occupied during the pandemic with things like the Reading series, what it has been like to return to IRL work, whether that's on the cabaret stage or in actual real productions, and then we talked about everything from Sam's growing social media presence and video series to Andrew's obsession with credit card rewards points. We, of course, will have information on how you can get tickets to the Reading Series concert, as well as Sam and Andrew's social media details in the show notes and in the article version of this episode at broadwayradio.com. So, without further ado, up first is my conversation with Sixth The Musical star, Samantha Polly. Okay, so this is a fun concert because I love the premise of this because everybody who was involved in this concert coming up at the Green Room 42 is there live in person on stage because they had previously been involved with a virtual reading through this series. So remind everybody when you did, I think it was some girls, um, like over a year ago now, right?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh Yeah. it it probably was over a year ago. I honestly don't I don't even remember what month it was. Um, but I I know that I I spent a lot of uh my shutdown time in Florida with my husband at my uh in-laws' house because we didn't want to be in Chicago in the gross winter weather. But mm-hmm. when we did the reading, I was in Chicago. So I'm I'm trying to think of when when it would have been. Um but I was I was so happy to do it because I I had never I had never met Allison before. I did not know her. She just happened to reach out to me and asked me to be a part of this reading. And it's been forever since I've done a play. I don't think I've been in a play since college, probably, because, oh, wow. um, like, I mean, you know, I, my main thing yeah. is is music theater. So I was I was really excited to just to get to read something new and and even though it was virtual get to to perform and and be a part of it with with a bunch of really great people.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Allison, that's Allison Tanny who's one of the founders of the uh, the reading series. Um You mentioned that you spent a lot of time down in Florida. I'm actually in Orlando myself. So I totally, yeah, I totally understand trying to stay warm. If you're going to be isolated, (laughs) staying out of the snow is definitely a good thing. But, In addition, whether it was in Florida or Chicago or New York, like during this past two years, you have been very present online, whether that's with the reading series, you did the incredible song a day series, which was like appointment viewing for me. Um, (laughs) How how did that idea come together? And I imagine when you started, because I feel like you started pretty close after the shutdown. Like, I can't imagine you said like, oh, I'm going to be doing this for hundreds and hundreds of performances.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess when I when I started it, it was when we originally were told that the shutdown was only going to last for a month. Um, Oops. And, you know, ev- everything shut down, the gym in my building shut down, so I didn't really have anywhere to go and nothing to do. So I was like, oh, well, how can I also kind of stay present on social media, but also give myself something to do that will provide sort of a structure during the day so that I'm not just sitting around watching TV, you know, kind of sitting like a blob. Um, so I I just kind of posted something on social media asking people for song requests. And originally I was just going to do like a snippet of a song. Um, but then I, I I figured, why not just do the whole song and then just post it? so that it's just there all the time. And I got to like 30 days in, we knew we weren't coming back after right after 30 days. Um, and I, my sis, I I was very lucky at the start of the shutdown. My sister lives in my building. Um, so we were able to, to at least see each other because we weren't going anywhere else. So I wasn't totally alone. Um, but I asked her, I was like, I, I don't know, should I keep going? I've already done 30 days of this. And she's like, I mean, you have literally nothing else to do. So just, you might as well just keep doing it. And I made it to 100 days somehow and took a break because I was kind of tired. But what was great about it is that it really did give my day a structure. I would wake up, I would try and do some kind of like workout in my living room and then I would pick a song, I would film it, I would edit it, and I would try and upload every day at the exact same time um, to kind of give myself that routine. And it it kind of, you know, it sort of kept me sane because it felt like I had not really a job, but I at least had an activity to do every day um, and eventually got to Oh my gosh, I don't know how uh, how many 2 260 something maybe and all all oh different God. songs, no repeats. I I don't know how I did
0: it. <laughs> I mean, at some point you have to run out of like Mean Girls songs and stuff because I know everybody wanted you to do the Mean Girls I know. stuff. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, a lot of Mean Girls stuff um but what was also nice about it is that, you know, I've I've been with Six now since oh my gosh, this will be going into like year three of, of being a part of six. So I've just, you know, been doing the same songs, the same things every day. So it also gave me a chance to revisit songs that I hadn't sung in a long time to learn a bunch of new stuff that I didn't know. So it also kind of kept me my, you know, my vocal agility working and it, it kept me, it kept me going, kept me kind of practicing.
0: Yeah, and what was, for me, what was a lot of fun about them beyond the fact that you started to get more and more in costume as time went on, that was fun. <laughs> uh, but what I all, what I enjoyed about it was is that, like, obviously, like you said, it was something to give yourself something to do. It was also for your, like, vocal agility and stuff. But, like, it was very clear that, like, you were taking this project seriously, but you weren't taking, like, the performance. Like, you were taking it serious, but, like, you were having fun with it, too, I guess. It's like, yeah. if, if, you, if you dropped a lyric... Oh well, keep going. If your your dog Dale the greyhound decided to wander into a shot, totally <laughs> cool as well. But like it just I thought it was great that during this time when you weren't on stage, you were still enjoying doing this at least for a while I'm assuming. And but it also like it let people who were had just kind of like gotten to know you through Six like get to see you as a person rather than just as, you know, Kate Howard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it I along with that song a day during the shutdown I was doing um like virtual voice lessons and stuff so I acquired a lot of new students who 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 need to see people and I'm also like I'm very new to Broadway this is my first Broadway show I've I've you know consider myself a, a little nobody but it's I think it's great for students who are just starting out or even ones that weren't just starting out to, you know, hop onto my Instagram and watch these videos. Cause I would tell them all the time, like my voice does weird stuff. I have voice cracks. I forget the lyrics. I don't have, there are so many days when I'm like, have I never sung before? Like what is going on that? It's helpful for them to see like, Oh yeah, it happens to everybody. It's not just me. I can do this. Um, Cause you know, social media is also people only post the best parts of their life and and that's mm-hmm. not you know, their whole life. So I'm, I'm very candid on social media. I talk about work and mental health and, and, and I try and, you know, be myself. Cause I think it's, it's better for young people to see that instead of like, oh, I, that's un unobtainable. I can never do that. Um, cause they can.
0: Yeah. Well, and yes, this is your first Broadway show and you might consider yourself a a, a nobody, but being a part of the original Broadway company of six, like that's obviously a very big deal. This is a worldwide phenomenon. And obviously, like you said, you've been a part of it for a while. You actually took a break, which I want to talk about uh, from the show to go do something else that is really exciting. Um, And then you came back and like this is. Turned into something that has had this longevity both pre and post pandemic, where uh, I, obviously that's not ideal, but a lot of shows haven't been able to come back with as much excitement as you guys have. What has this kind of roller coaster been for your first Broadway show? There's a number of other um, women in your company who it's also their first time uh, on yeah. Broadway as well. What has that experience been like with your? doing this for the first month, I was actually at the first preview of the show. So I I love that I was there. But then you're getting ready for opening night, it shuts down, and then you come back and you don't really know what is going to happen. And yet, you know, from the outsider's perspective, I I know that there's a ton of like the logistical stuffs of worrying about COVID that you have to deal with that have probably been difficult. But like, it seems like from the audience response and, and everything, things have kind of knock on wood, picked up kind of where they left off two years later, almost.
1: Yeah, um, we've we've been very lucky with how things have gone. Uh, you know, like you said, the the show is is really kind of this phenomenon that I don't think any of us anticipated when we first started in Chicago. Broadway wasn't a part of the equation. That kind of became more apparent as we went into that summer. But you know, I don't think any of us. Uh, I I certainly never imagined myself originating, uh, a lead role in a, in a Broadway show ever. That was not something that I thought I was destined for. So it's been, and you know, they, after Chicago, they, they took all of us. So we've all been together for, for three Mm -hmm. years and, and that's, that's been really special. Um, rare too. Very rare. Um, and so, you know, coming back, we had so much time away and everybody, I think there was a lot of self discovery for everybody. Um all of us changed, you know, not not in a bad way. We all changed I think for the better and have brought these new versions of ourselves to the show and to the characters and I think the show now is is the best that it's ever been. Um and you know, coming back it it like you said it did look a, a little different. COVID tests all the time and and certain areas we had to be in and always, always wearing masks as even now, you know, unless we are on stage performing. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a lot easier coming back than I think we thought, I I think we retained a lot of the show. So it, it really wasn't as difficult as I, as I thought it was going to be actually, which was a pleasant surprise.
0: Yeah, well, like you said, you gave yourself the opportunity to get something else in your mind. I'm glad that all of those Mean Girls songs you didn't, like, rip out into world burn in the middle of the show (laughs) or anything. Um, But so I'm interested about that, though. Like, you talk about the fact that everybody in the cast changed. How has the show changed because of that? Obviously, the... The, the lyrics are all the same. The songs are all the same. The choreography is the same. But what has changed in the intention of some of the characters and maybe even the camaraderie amongst the queens? Like, what is different from your perspective than it was in February, in I guess, part of March in twenty
1: twenty? Yeah, I think you know, along along with with COVID, there's been a uh, a lot of social and political changes uh, in the country, and I think that. Mm-hmm the this, this six well there's you know there's 10 of us in the cast have have also used that opportunity to realize that there's a lot of power we have a lot of power and we have the power to say no to things you know the the show must go on is not really that's we're not really doing that anymore we're we're mm-hmm. learning to protect our physical and our mental health um which I in particular finally had the time, to get back into therapy during the shutdown and personally was able to like uncover and dig deep into a lot of trauma that has now translated like in, into my character and into my performance. People, people have discovered parts of themselves that have allowed them to like access how powerful they are. That has really translated into their character on stage and we were already close before the shutdown. You know, we're all absolutely best friends. These, all of the women in the show are, are my best friends. And I think because we had to be away from each other for so long, we also realized how special these relationships are. So we've, we've just become a more tight-knit group, even more supportive than we were before, constantly hyping each other up. Um, and also, you know, advocating for each other and not being afraid to speak up when we see someone being treated unfairly or hey she was just spoken to in that way but I wasn't I wonder why that is I'm going to I'm going to press that a little bit more um it, there's been a lot of I know that was like a lot of word vomit no, no that's great. there's been a lot a lot of of discovery within everybody um so it's just made the show even more powerful because we all feel more powerful and that that's one of
0: the things that i went in knowing the songs of six when i saw it for the first time but not really knowing the arc of the story beyond the the songs uh, and i've been struck i've seen it twice now and i've always been struck by how emotional uh the show is when you see it performed and and i imagine that that will continue to grow as you all yeah. get even more into it post-pandemic but um, i did mention a, a little bit ago that like you said the cast has been together for three years now, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm getting timelines incorrect, but like you did leave in the middle of that at one point to go do. Yes. A sh- okay. So I want to make sure I got the timing, right. You went and did, um, a Vita at the Regents Park open air theater, um, in London. And I saw clips from it. I am still hunting down a slime tutorial. If anybody <laughs> knows where I, one is.
1: I, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I know that, over in the UK for a little while, there was a full bootleg circulating that that people that someone was at they were like getting paid. Oh yeah, to give it to people. Um, I, I have no idea of where where yeah. it is, or how Thought. that happened.
0: Um, thriving market, yeah. thriving market. But like, yeah, I just I know. Right? I like from what I've seen and what I've heard. Like this was just an unbelievable performance, and obviously Regent's Park is known for doing these great shows. But like, very much Beyonce meets. Avita. So what what was that experience like, like coming from the U.S., this huge international surge and like you leave this huge phenomenon in the States, go over, do this incredible production there and and kind of just like dive into this thing that kind of became uh, a pretty big deal in London as well.
1: Yeah. So what how all of it came to be was was really a crazy time. Six and Avita all happened within like the same three week span of time, oh which God. was wild. It was um, like February of 2019. Um, the day I had my final callback for six, I got on a plane that night and flew to New York to do my first appointment for oh Evita. Um, So I, I got my, my email about Avita. Didn't, I was like, London, that sounds cool. I've never been there. Um, I love the show. I, this, that was my fourth time doing the show. Um, and I didn't know anything about Regents Park. I had seen their Jesus Christ superstar at the Lyric Opera, but like, I didn't put two and two together. I was just like London. Cool. Um, and then eventually when I, when I dug deeper into the theater, the director, I was like, oh, wow, this is like, this is like a big deal. This is, this is a a really big deal. Um, but I knew that to be able to do that, I would have to leave six, early if I booked six. And I I don't know why I did it. I just took a chance. But the day of my final six callback, when I went into the room to staying, everybody was there. Creatives were there. So Lucy and Toby Marlowe, the writers and director were there. So, you know, creative team from London, our producers here in the US. And for some reason, I was like, Oh, you know, actually um after callbacks today, I'm I'm getting on a plane tonight at, to audition for a show that's that's in the UK. And they were like, "Oh, really? What show?" and I said, "Um, Evita at at Regent's Park Theater." And they were like, "Oh my god. We <laughs> yeah. know Jamie Lloyd, like everyone is buzzing about this production, like it's going to be epic. Wow, tell us everything." So I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm going in for Ava, but you know, it, it kind of overlaps with six. So like, I, I, I don't know if I could make it work. And the artistic director of Chicago Shakespeare theater, Rick Boynton was like, well, what are the dates? Cause I'll, I'll let me make a note of it. Like, when would you have to leave here? So I, I don't know what possessed me to bring it up, but it's a good thing I did because yeah. when I, when I got I think also because they realized what a big deal it would be for me to go do that. Um, when I got my offer for six, I hadn't finalized a VD yet, but written within the writer of my contract, it said, should the actor book the role of Ava Perone in a at Regents Park Open Air Theater? Her last performance of six will be this date so that she can leave and go do this.
0: That's amazing. I've got goose, I've got goosebumps like that story. Like that is so cool.
1: I just could not, I really, I really could not believe that it it all worked out and panned out the way it did. And, you know, like I said, I'd never been to London before. I love the show. And, um, I did, you know, so I went to New York, did my a uh, callback with uh New York team. They taped it, sent it along. I did a Skype callback then with Jamie Lloyd, the director and the music director and the choreographer. And they were like, okay, so um, you know what you've done this show so many times. Like, why do you want to do it again? And I said, I think, I think your vision for the show sounds really, really cool. I love the music and I've never been to London. I think, I think it just sounds incredible. And they were like, OK, well, we'd really love to meet you in person, whether that's like us flying you to London or us meeting you, you know, halfway in New York, because I was in Chicago at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, OK, sure. And I knew that there was there was a very short list for Ava's. And then two days later, my agent called me and and he was like, hey, um, so Jamie and Alan, the music director, he's like, um, they they want to meet you in person. Um, they're going to come to Chicago and they're going to bring guys for head and Che from LA and New York. And I said, okay, um, what's, what's the list look like as it was, is, is it, you know, still a fairly short list? Like what's, what's going on? And he was like, oh no, no, this is, this is a formality. They're bringing everyone to you. They, this <laughs> is, they want to meet you in person. This is it. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, couldn't it, it. I, the way, so the way that worked out and, and six worked out, I, a couple months before that, I was out on a national tour of bad out of hell, the -hmm. the musical, and that abruptly got canceled. And um, in my mind, I was like, all right, I'm done. I have theater. I don't, you know, the, the actor's unit is not protecting us from stuff like this. I've, I'm not excited about new auditions. I don't want to go to appointments. I I need a break. I'm going to, I'm going to stop for a while. And there was like two months that went by and I, you know, I didn't do anything. And then, and then six and Avita just came out of nowhere. So it, I, you know, the way things happen for me is very not typical <laughs> and I've been very lucky.
0: Yeah. But, but I mean that you hear stories like that a lot where you, People say I'm done with the business, and then ah, but I've got this one opportunity. I'm going to try it, and it, it changes their life. And I don't want to put words oh. in your mouth, but it, I mean, like, I feel like it's probably safe to say that Six changed your life, and that's and that's such an amazing story. But I I can't imagine the the whirlwind of those few months, going from Bad Out of Hell getting canceled on tour yes, to Six yeah. to Avita, and then doing Six, and then going and doing the show in in London. Now, not that I, you know, want to see you leave six at any point before you are completely and utterly ready. But like you said, the the Regents Park's uh, Jesus Christ Superstar is still on tour. I mean, that's the tour that's going around the the country right now. Um, If they ever decided to bring it over here, is that something you'd like to go back for what, a sixth time doing? Oh, my uh,
1: gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually uh, right when we when we just came back in uh, September, uh, Jamie Lloyd was here for the Tonys because he he directed Betrayal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was here and and he came uh, to see the show. And I talked to him afterwards because they're they were supposed to do a Vita again at the Barbican. They were going to move it inside, right. figure out a way to do it. But I obviously wasn't available for it. Um, and then it, it just seemed to kind of die down. I'm not really sure. I have no idea if there are, uh, plans for it. I asked him, he's like, I don't know, Uh, you know, there's, it's always possible. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe if, maybe if it, if it lined up, if it was meant to be, but I, I, I loved that outdoor production. I loved the entire cast. It was just such a special, it was such a special, production and and like 4 months in my life i would i would love to just have that that memory and experience of that particular show and how it panned out yeah. um so you know i never say never but i i just really want to do another show with with jamie lloyd and i tell him that all the time and he's like yeah we will and i'm like no but for real i i really want to do something else please (laughs) well i i
0: have a feeling based off of everything that's happened for you in the past couple years you'll be able to work with a lot of great directors uh, whether you've worked with them before or not um Real quick, I I don't want to take too much of your time, but I want to get back to the concert coming up um, in February on February 6th. Um, A great group of of other people uh, included on this. But like, so how is this going to work is since you didn't do the reading series with these people, it's not like you're doing the reading series. This is a straight up concert. Are you doing just individual songs? Are you overlapping with uh, uh, doing any duets or group numbers? How is this all going to be happening at the green room?
1: Um, if, if there are any duets, I, uh, there, there very well could be, I, I won't be doing any, um, duets cause I'll have, uh, two shows that day and I'll be, uh, of sp- course, speed racing over, uh, yeah, from that. Yeah. So I'm just doing a solo that, you know, I think it's just going to be a very chill, just really fun night of people singing and hanging out. And I think we each get like six minutes to kind of like talk a little bit and then, you know sing our song. So I'm excited. I I love a good, I love a good cabaret of people just kind of singing whatever they feel. And I'll be really excited to, to hear everybody else sing for sure. Because I never get to sit and like watch people perform, you know, I always really enjoy that.
0: I don't want you to spoil anything if you're not uh, ready to say but uh, and you might not know yet because it's come still a few weeks away. Do you uh, can you give us any hints as to what you're going to be singing or anything like that?
1: Um, I do know what I'm going to sing and I will tell you, it's not a music theater song. I'm going to sing a a pop song and it's going to be a little chill. It, uh, it also, uh, could be a song by, uh, the artist that inspired my character in six. Gotcha.
0: OK, I'm picking up what you're putting <laughs> down. Got it. OK, um, well, I, I'm going to be there, so I'm very excited to uh, to see it and uh, and hear this. I've become a big fan, like I said, over the years, whether it's from six or from the social media stuff. So I could not oh, be more thrilled well. for you and and all the success that you're having now and that I am very confident that you will have in the future.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Well,
0: continued success. Take care of yourself. I know it's cold and crazy up there in New York right now and with all of the okay. shows, uh, I, I hope everything continues to go well and uh hopefully we'll get a chance to chat again in the future
1: yes thank you so much
0: up next you've seen him on broadway in hair beautiful les miserables school of rock she loves me and sunday in the park with george here is andrew cober So, first off, Andrew, welcome back to the United States. How was your, your, <laughs> your trek across the sea?
2: Thanks, Matt. It was good. It was really, really fun.
0: Uh, I had such a great time, but I'm very uh, happy to be home with my family. It was like a three-day trip, so I'm assuming there's no like jet lag or anything.
2: No, you know what? like i I have found that if you just kind of sleep according to where you are, I, I am able to avoid most jet lag problems. i I mean I was pretty tired when I got home last night, but i I slept like a person and I woke
0: up this morning and I feel normal. And I'm okay. All right. well, we've got a concert to talk about, but can we do can we get into like the most important thing first before the concert? Yeah, well, we should do you, I mean, do you know what that is? I, I know it could be anything. Let's talk about points. Are you into this stuff, man? No, I know nothing. I am horrible. So I watched your Instagram story and I felt like a moron. Like I'm I'm an old man. I I, I should know how these things work and I don't. So real quick, give the folks a crash course on like your your <laughs> philosophy on on points. All right. My philosophy is this.
2: I don't like spending any money that I don't get something back for because I, I like having uh, free stuff and I like Fair. having really fancy stuff, but I hate paying for fancy stuff. Um, so I made sure that I got credit cards that have good points systems and I figured out how to be really good at using those points. Uh, so that's what I did. I just did this. Like, really, it's like a proof of concept. I did like a, a three and a half day trip to Europe in like the most luxurious style imaginable, uh, essentially for free.
0: That's amazing. I need to learn at, at your knee. But it, it rem- <laughs> watching you go through it reminded me of a, of an, an old Paul Thomas Anderson movie called Punch Drunk Love. Have you ever seen that movie?
2: Where, yeah, I think I saw it when it first came out.
0: Yeah. Where Adam like Sandler, right? Adam Sandler and Emily Watson and, like, Adam Sandler's character, like, figures out there's, like, these um, – like you can get frequent flyer miles by buying these healthy choice things right. and yes. he just yes, yes. accumulates them and goes to Hawaii or something. So anyway, yeah, uh, it's sort of like that. It's that's basically what I did. Yeah, he like tricks the system. So any anyway, that's neither here nor there. We are here to talk about a really cool kind of concept for this concert that you have coming up uh, at the Green Room 42 in in February and it's 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 interesting because you are doing this concert with a bunch of folks in person at the Green Room, yeah. but it's Born because you were involved with a virtual reading series, uh, I guess, probably a little over or just under a year ago uh, and in 2021. You did a reading of Reasons to Be Pretty with actually uh, Janine DeVita, who is going to be in this concert as well.
2: I uh, loved I loved Anita. Uh that wasn't even the first one. I did the first one I did with those folks was uh the understudy oh, okay. with Leslie Margarita like I think back in 2020. I, I ended up doing four uh virtual readings with these folks and it's like you know, I don't I don't know if you heard about this thing that's been going on for the past couple of years. Um Fakely but there've been yeah yeah, there have been circumstances which is, have made it challenging to make theater in rooms with people. And so uh, Allison Tandy reached out and said, would you like to do a reading online? And I said, okay. And uh, we did. We did the understudy, this like fantastic play that I was not really aware of. Uh, and it was a great experience. And she asked me to come back and we did these Labute plays. And so, you know, making theater... Sort of in your house, in a room with like a, you know, a ring light and a backdrop, if you're lucky. It's it's all very, very strange. And, and to have this come true fruition in a way that we're going to be in a real room singing songs, which we've never done, they've all been plays. Um, we're going to sing songs together near each other's, uh, you know, naked faces. It's going to be really exciting.
0: Um, do you are you going to be doing any songs with other people? Or are these all solos? You're going to be like you said you're going to be close to people's faces. Are you close to other performers faces or is it just a bunch of solo uh, stuff? I think there's some duets. I'm, I'm singing a solo and then there's a group
2: finale. So, uh Got it. presumably, at least the the intention is for uh, us all to, with our real meat bodies, to be together uh, <laughs> on that small green for green room forty two stage.
0: Well, and this isn't the first time you've been fairly busy, uh, both online and in person uh, for the past you know however many months. Especially in person, as it's gotten semi safer. Not that I think it's one hundred percent safe yet. But going back to um, doing songs for a new world at, at Paper Mill, what is has it been like after this time where, like you said, things are happening and still happening, but when you really weren't able to get up on stage and do the thing that you do best, and now that you're finally getting to do that, whether it's a show like Songs for a New World or shows at, at Green Room or 54 or anything like that, what did that mean to you to finally get back to that business at hand?
2: Yeah, to be honest, it's um, – I don't want to go too dark, but it, it was a really tough – year, especially that first year, was really, really hard. Um, I think I sort of went into it, my my whole philosophy, and I've learned through therapy and reflection that this is a largely a defense mechanism, but my whole philosophy has always sort of been like, these are just the tools that I have, right? If I was really good at at, uh, teeth, I'd be a dentist and I would be just as happy. And, you know, I, I go to work, the stuff that I happen to do is uh, I make theater, but that's just because that's, you know, I'm good at saying words and singing songs or whatever. It turns out I learned from, you know, the theater being taken away from me. It turns out that I, care about it a lot more than i had realized and that it's more hmm. sort of central to who i am and and what i love than i had realized which is a painful realization to make when you are unable to do it <laughs> yeah. um making theater is sort of uniquely painful in the arts because we don't get to choose usually when we practice the thing that we do, right? Um, because I'm not a writer and I'm, you know, I'm not a composer. I, I don't get to just make stuff. I, I'm kind of at the mercy in many ways of, of other people. And so when the world shuts down um, and then you learn that you really, really loved what you did, uh, it can be difficult. That said, now getting to do stuff again, I'm like, yes to everything. Anybody want me to do something? I will be there. You call me, I'll sing your song. I'll be your thing. I'll do your reading. I am in. I'm so grateful that, uh, you know, we got to do it again. And there was sort of a moment over the, like, toward the end of 2020, where some people started kind of working in television again. I'm not in the Gilded Age. And so some people started, like, you know, <laughs> getting, one. yeah, I'm the only one. I wasn't even, nowhere to even asked. Um And so, you know, some people started working again and I sort of went like, wait, are we still, I thought we were all kind of in this together. What do you mean people are working again? Start seeing pictures of people on sets or whatever. And so you worry that, you know, the train's going to leave without you. I was really worried for a while that, um, you know, everyone's going to forget about me. And I don't think this was only me, but I was worried everyone's going to forget about me and maybe I don't get to do this anymore. Um, so when it started coming around again, I begged to be in Songs for New World at Paper Mill because, well, Paper Mill is 10 minutes from my house. But also, I love that show. <laughs> it's a very meaningful show to me. I knew it would be really uh, a great experience to do and I was right. And so now, you know, I've done a handful of 54s and a couple of green rooms and uh, the Paper Mill thing. And I've got some, some exciting stuff coming up. And so it's just such a relief that... I get to now do the thing that I do with this kind of newfound understanding that I I do actually love it and that it's uh, that it's OK to let myself love it.
0: Yeah. And th- that's so interesting because so much of what we have heard in the dialogue about how this time has impacted people's relationship with work has been kind of the opposite. We've heard so many people talking about this, you know, great resignation where people realize what they're doing is not what they love and does not feed them in other ways than just a paycheck and literal food to feed them. So it's interesting that it's had the opposite uh, effect for you. Uh, And I'm imagining a lot of other artists as well, especially those that, you know, weren't able to do the thing uh, that they loved. Well, it's so strange, you know, that I think part of the
2: reason that I, sort of been feeding myself that narrative is that if it's just what I do and not who I am, then when I don't get the opportunity to do it, it's not that bad, right? Who cares? It's just a gig, whatever. Um, Because we're sort of, at least until you're, I don't know, in the Gilded Age or something, we're always sort of asking, can I please, can I please, would it be all right with you? Look what I can do. Would you let me? And we're so often told no. We're so often told no. Mm -hmm. And so you build up, different ways to tell yourself that that's okay to be told know that often. And I think my main one was being, was, was really believing and telling myself the story that it's just what you do. It's not who you are. You are so many other things. And that's true. And that was my intention. When, when COVID first struck, I was like, okay, I'm a lot of other stuff. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a neighbor, I'm a friend. I, I'm going to just really be able to give those parts of me so much more attention. And I did, but I think that I misjudged how much of me, Uh, was an actor and and how important that was. And so, you know, it's. I don't think I ever would have learned that lesson if not for uh, the pandemic. So I think we can all agree that it was for the best.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Something else that changed uh, in your life beyond just your uh, perception of yourself and your work uh, during the pandemic was you had another child. Uh, Oh, boy. Yeah. I imagine going through that process with your wife being pregnant through the whole Part of it being during the pandemic, I'm sure that was something that required uh, quite a bit of attention from both of you and might have even been a little <laughs> bit of a blessing that you were a little bit more homebound than having to run into the city, you know, set six days a week. Yeah, I hope to meet the baby someday. She sounds nice. And <laughs> she an in face love on she's lovely on yeah, Instagram. Exactly. Yeah, she's
2: really cute on Instagram. Um, yeah, it's, you know, we... We sort of made the decision. So we, we now have a six year old and a five month old, and we, we made the decision pretty early for our son, who's the, our, our eldest, that, you know, this is such a scary time for us. This is a scary thing that's happening to the world. And we're going to make this time for him, for our son, as joyful a memory as possible. Um one of the, my, my wife works like a person, she has like a job where she goes to work in the day and then comes home at night like people do. And that's great. And she was able to work through the pandemic, which very literally saved our family. And that's been fantastic. The trade off of her job has always been that she works during the day and I tend to work at night when I'm running H shows a week. And there's not a lot of time that we are all together. And so we looked at it as, wow, we get this time to be all together. And how lucky are we that we get to have this time all together while not being afraid in the way that so many of the people in our community are. We, we know that we can pay our mortgage. We know we can feed ourselves because my wife has this job that she was able to do remotely safely. So that was a blessing. Then, you know, having a second child is something we had wanted for a long time. It, it it kind of aligned. And that was amazing. We had Jolie in August sort of about a month before I was going to start songs for new world. And so we got something that we didn't get to have when my son was born, which was time for us all with this new baby. Asher, my son was born on a day off from she loves me rehearsals. When we were doing it on Broadway, he was born on a Monday, which was really thoughtful of him. Um, so it was a day off and I went back to work the next Tuesday and the next day I was back in rehearsal in the morning. And so, uh, Jolie was born and we knew we had like five weeks that none of us had anywhere else to be. And that was incredible. And then I, you know, I started songs for new world, but Farrah was still, my wife was still on maternity leave. And really right now, like actually a couple of days from now, is going to be the first time that we are both working full time with two children. That's totally new. That's never happened. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be the next kind of transition. That'll be the next thing, but it, it was incredibly lucky to really have, a full month that we could just be with a new baby as a full family without one of us running off to go do something.
0: Yeah. That, and that's a, a memory, like you said, that you obviously cherish and it doesn't come along quickly for, or it doesn't come along, you know, regularly for anybody, let alone uh, somebody who is, is working in the theater and has a, the schedule like you do. So I'm very happy for you guys that you were able to, uh, to have that amidst the, the rest of the chaos that was transpiring <laughs> in the world around you.
2: Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's not it's really not lost on us how fortunate we are that, as I said, in all the ways that the last two years have been terrifying, that we were never really worried about our family's security. We we always knew that our little unit here was going to be OK. And um, knowing that we had that as a baseline was was incredibly reassuring.
0: Kind of talking about some other things that I hope were reassuring during the pandemic is I think for anybody who. Hears things about the Broadway and theater community. I think they all realize that you are one of the most well-liked and, and respected oh. people in the community. It, oh. It's true. I can say it. You're not saying it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I have a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's the top line of my resume. Yeah. I special skills. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, you know, you have so many friends and you're, you know, you have all these connections. Were you able to kind of, um, whether it was with the morons or anybody else, were you able to kind of keep some of those both personal and professional connections going virtually during the pandemic? Or did everyone kind of retreat to their own individual corners and then poke their heads up when they had something going on? You
2: know, there were a few um I was able to maintain a lot of those friendships. I mean, the, the Morons, especially, we had a pretty regular Zoom date that we were able to maintain. What I was surprised and really um, delighted by was there were a few reconnections that I hadn't anticipated, hmm. um, especially like the uh, the cast of Hair that, you know, we uh, that was my Broadway yeah. debut in yeah. 2009. Yeah, uh, it's been a minute. And so we, you know, we've had a sort of like, languishing text thread for a number of years, but that really started popping off when COVID happened. And we were all able to really reconnect in a way that I hadn't anticipated. And that's been great to reconnect with all those folks. One of my very early gigs was the first national tour of the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Oh, awesome! And uh, we did the tour and it was great. And now that cast has gone on to amazing things. It was Miguel Cervantes, the current Broadway Hamilton Uh, Eric Peterson, star of many Broadway shows and currently starring in a sitcom on uh, AMC. It's not sitcom, it's a show. Jen Samard, um, Alan H. Green, like uh, this like incredible cast, uh, Lauren Worsham, Tony Nominee, Lauren Worsham, Tony Nominee, Sarah Stiles. Stupid cast.
0: Yeah, that's insane.
2: Yeah, to go on tour in 2006, I think. Um, we had a big Zoom reunion. We hadn't all spoken to each other in 15 years or something. And so there was something about having that time and that space that allowed us to, at least allowed me to reconnect with a lot of folks that I'd sort of lost touch with. And that was um, really reassuring. And then through a lot of these virtual readings, I was able to make new friends and to make new connections. There there are people that I did these readings with that I I haven't met face-to-face ever. And uh, I know that when I do it's going to be a huge hug and oh my god there you are right in front of my eyes Jessica Vosk right one of our greatest talents we did all these reasons to be whatever the, the all the labute plays together and we played opposite each other in all the plays and I don't think we'd ever really met and then after we did the third one we texted and said should we have like a lunch in person and we did we both live in Jersey we had lunch we had a great time and uh there's there have been a handful of things like that where a virtual relationship has has been able now to translate into a, a real world uh, you know meet space relationship which is great.
0: Yeah, when you do get back into rooms with people, whether it's folks you know or or you are just meeting, um, and you've done that a little bit, whether that's at you know cabaret venues or in rehearsal rooms or whatever, d- does it feel like riding a bike? Like you can just get back into the swing of being. Uh, you know, uh, a performer, or do you feel like you have to work those muscles back into shape where you're like, okay, not only am I going through the physical stamina uh, that I have to have to be a performer, but like, does it feel weird to like, do you forget how to do the thing after two years? (laughs) A little. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, stamina is interesting because
2: it feels like, um, I mean, the only real context I have is Songs for a New World. We just did a month of, you know, yeah. we did eight shows a week. It's a big thing, that show.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. And at first it felt like, uh, I, I'm not a sports person, but I'm going to make a sports analogy. yeah. Okay. You know, in baseball, uh, they put a big weight on the bat when they're warming up and they, yes. they practice swinging the bat with the weight on it. Very And good. then they take off the weight when it's time to really bat. And the, the bat feels so much lighter when they're swinging at the ball, for real. It felt sort of like that. I, You know, you realize that, I had been doing eight shows a week, plus readings, plus concerts or whatever for so long, for so many years that my voice was just really tired and beat down. And I had gotten used to singing through the fatigue. uh, And then suddenly to just basically really not sing for a year and a half and then start singing again, felt like taking the weight off the bat that it had just been there for years. Like I didn't know that. That level of fatigue had really been taking place. And so all of a sudden singing felt a lot easier, but stamina was weirdly harder. Like I, I, I could sing better on the day, but then the day after it was harder to get back to where I was the previous day. That part was tricky. Uh, the other part that was tricky and, and honestly trickier is navigating uh, the kind of non-performance aspects of a rehearsal room, you know, going in and, and, Kind of trying to get a sense of everyone's level of comfort with proximity, with touch, with masks, with you know, we. I showed up for day one, and it was a stage manager with whom I have worked a number of times, and he said, "Are you hugging?" And I said, "Oh, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think I am." And we hugged, and it felt good, but it, it you know, it sort of having those conversations becomes really important, and sort of saying like, "Where are you right now? Are you cool if I..." sit here and eat these grapes or you want me to go in the hall and eat these grapes or, you know, where can we do, would you like to go for lunch? Are you comfortable sitting inside? You know, it's those conversations we've all been having with our friends and our colleagues, but a rehearsal room tends or has tended rather before COVID at least to be a pretty intimate environment where you get very, very comfortable with the people that you're spending time with physically emotionally and uh having to have those discussions which i think is really really good and really important also is uh challenging it just sort of recalibrates the way that you think about how you're going to do the work which again i think is good and important but is uh it's uh, it's tricky to
0: navigate yeah Absolutely. Well, I am very glad that you are back in rooms. And as you said, like meat space, like M-E-A-T space. Is that how you're describing it? Yeah, back the
2: meat space. Yeah. Okay. I think I stole it from somebody. I don't remember who. But yeah, there's the virtual space and then there's the meat space where a our, our real like, human meat you know, bounces up against each other. <laughs>
0: Uh, that is that is the most descriptive way I've ever heard to describe uh, that, and I love it. Um, but I'm very glad that that is happening uh, for you more. Everyone is still being obviously very safe, like you said, but um, I'm glad that that is happening more now and, and, and hopefully very soon in the future. But I want to wrap it up again by going back to this The Reading Series concert, which will be happening yeah. on February 6th at 930 at the Green Room 42. Um, I will be there, so I'm very excited oh, really uh, to cool. see all of these folks. It's a great group of people. We mentioned... Uh, Janine, I also spoke with, uh, Samantha Polly and you, but then, um, Christine Dwyer's in there and, yeah, Tally and, Sessions Tally Sessions. and
2: Gasworth. Yeah. yeah, it's a good group. It's a good group. I'm going to sing one of the, um, songs for new world songs. Cause I thought that would That's be I was going to ask. Yeah. Year. That's yeah, I'm awesome. gonna do one of the tunes I did in that show, and that'll be really fun. I'm gonna do one of Lee's number. No, I'm doing one of my songs. Um, so that'll be really fun. It, you know, it's uh, I- I'm I'm super looking forward to it. Now, every time that I get to get up on a stage and sing a song with real people looking at me is just and with other people. Oh my goodness, it, it doesn't get much better than that these days. Yeah, that's awesome. My baby's nice too. I mean, like I like watching my baby grow up. But singing for
0: people who then clap for me, come on. (laughs) Yeah. It's that that dopamine hit with the applause so outweighs the dopamine hit of a of a newborn baby. I mean, it doesn't even compare. The baby has never clapped for me, not once. (laughs) So ungrateful so ungrateful she doesn't know who brought her into this world but i know um, i keep dropping resumes around the house but she's not impressed she's like look at this headshot anyway um well andrew thank you so much for uh, for catching up i'm very much looking forward to this and everything else that you have coming down the pike and uh congratulations on the on the baby and everything else and uh i'm looking forward to the concert here in a few weeks thanks man i'm looking forward to seeing you there